Show me the science with Professor Luke O'Neill. Hello, Luke O'Neill here and welcome to my Show Me The Science podcast where every week I pick a topic and again, many thanks to people actually because I'm probably getting two requests a week on the email usually coming in and uh, I'm doing my best. I will try to cover them because they're really good suggestions coming in actually to pick topics to talk about. This week though, it's quite a big, a very important topic and people have asked me about it and I've been talking about it in other contexts as well. And I'm especially excited about this one because having come back from this massive conference, which I keep talking about, but but this big immunology congress will keep me going for months, to be honest, because all of those breakthroughs in, in various aspects. I'd say half the conference was on one topic. Now, remember, there's immunologists gathering in their droves. I'd say half the talks were on cancer. And the reason being, the big advance in cancer in the past 15, 20 years is immuno-oncology, I.O., if you're in the know, by the way, we, we refer to this IO, shorthand, immuno-oncology. This is where you study the immune system in the context of cancer, which has been going on for decades, by the way. And then, very importantly, can you get the immune system to kill tumours? And that's what the topic is, the science of killing tumours through the immune system. As I say, it's been going on for decades. People have been trying to do this. It was realised, oh, I'd say 50, 60, 70 years ago, if not more, that if you take a tumour, it will be full of immune cells trying to kill it and that goes back decades. Uh, it was also known that if you're immunosuppressed and what that might mean is uh, you've got some immunodeficiency disease or you might be on immunosuppressants if you had a transplant say there's a higher risk of developing tumours and of course what's happening there is the immunosuppression means the immune system isn't as active and therefore the tumour can get a foothold and those two things are the precursor to this. The third precursor is way, way back in the 1920s, I think it was, a guy called Coley, working in the US, uh, realised that people who had big bacterial infections and cancer, some of them, their cancer went away. And what was happening there, he speculated, was the bacteria were driving the immune system hard and those immune troops managed to get to the tumour and kill it. And then people tried to take extracts from bacteria. Uh, it was called Coley's toxin, was the name for this for a while, to try and get it to work against cancer. The, these attempts mainly failed, sadly, mainly because uh, these things would drive the immune system into overdrive and actually kill you. So in other words, it was actually damaging. And trying to get that to work then became a huge challenge. It's still going on though. People are still trying to turn on the immune system to, to beat up the tumour. But the breakthrough, and that was the main focus of the conference, came when a scientist called Jim Allison and Jim is in the MD Anderson Cancer Centre in Houston, a very famous cancer centre. He makes a discovery in 1996 which says, don't try to flip the on switch for the immune system because that turned out to be, as I'm saying, too difficult. He said there are these off switches. If you stop the off switch being flipped, the immune system will work. So it's a bit like, you know, there's a brake and an accelerator and if you take your foot off the brake, and you've got your foot in the accelerator, the car will go forward anyway. In other words, target the off mechanism was what Jim suggested. And he gave the keynote talk at the conference. Now, Jim is uh, very famous in my business. Uh, he's also a very good harmonica player. And strangely, I got to play some music with him at the conference as well. It was a real thrill. But he said, right, a thing called CTLA-4. He said, that's a very important off switch. 
if we can block that off switch, we'll mobilize the immune system. And he got it to work in mice. And his 1996 paper begins this sort of, you might call it a revolution in a way, or certainly a renaissance of interest in the immune system and cancer. And he was able to show in mice in melanoma. And my lab has this model, or we work with collaborators, and when we can run this melanoma model in mice, you can give mice melanoma. And as I always say, we minimize our work on animals, but we have to do some work on them before we go to humans. Um, and he was able to show that you block CTLA-4 in mice with melanoma, and guess what? The melanoma melted away. It completely cured the mice of melanoma. It's called B16 melanoma. And he published that paper in 1996, and that's the beginning of this. Now, as he said himself, that jump started the effort in immuno-oncology. And then people realize, well, look, and it's a bit counterintuitive in a way, forget the on switch, let's block the off switch. It was also realized that the tumor itself is good at flipping the off switch because it's a, like evolution, it's a battle, you know? And the immune system uh, is trying to kill the tumor. The tumor says, right, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna flip the off switch and turn off that immune response. And, and that's what was going on. And there was evidence for that as well. Another very important part of this was another immunologist called Tak Mac. Tak uh, is from Hong Kong, and he's extremely famous in immunology, by the way, and I've got to know him over the years. And he was at the conference as well. I was having a chat to him, and he's the one who, who discovered CTLA-4, really. But, but Jim was the one who linked it into cancer. And Tak was, was very praiseworthy of Jim's work, of course, because Jim then took it a step further. And, and the CTLA-4 then became this very important off switch. Now, we don't call them off switches. We call them checkpoints. And a good analogy here is, imagine a checkpoint on a road comes down. In this case, the checkpoint is coming down to stop the immune system getting in to fight the tumor. And if you stop the checkpoint coming down, the immune system can now flood in to the tumor and, and kill the cancer. And these things are called checkpoint inhibitors or checkpoint blockade is the term we use. So if you block CTLA-4, you're blocking a key checkpoint and the immune system can now flood in. And in particular, things called cytotoxic T cells go in, natural killer cells, great name, they go into the tumor and, and then they escape you know, from this checkpoint in a sense you know, and can get in there and do the damage to the tumor and can kill it. And that was the, that was the breakthrough really in this regard. Now, the, the issue then became, how would Jim get this to humans? And it's, it's a good story this, because it begins in 1996. It took to 2011 to get a drug approved. And that just tells you how long it takes from when you make a discovery in a lab, including in my lab, all our labs, it takes years and years, it took 15 years. Now in cancer, um, it's a bit faster because everybody knows people are dying. So there's a kind of an impetus there. And so the cancer therapies can get through a bit more quickly than others, which of course begs the question, why can't all therapies get to patients as quickly as possible? But in this case, it took 15 years. He went to a company called Medorex. They made a way to block CTLA-4 and they, 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 they designed a drug that could do that. And then Medorex were a small enough biotech company, they couldn't do it all on their own. They then got involved at Bristol-Myers Squibb, a big drug company with deep pockets and loads of money, and they could do all the trials. Now remember, trials fail. So you need money to do the trials and there's a risk. And if you have loads of money in the bank, like a big drug company, you can run multiple trials and you're hoping one of them's gonna work, you see. And that's why you gotta work with these these big drug companies. So BMS get the credit now because it's called Ipilimumab and that or Eurovoy. And that was that was approved in twenty eleven for melanoma. Big success story. Now, Jim wins the Nobel Prize in twenty eighteen which is interesting, right? So the, the drug is launched in 2011. Uh, they show it works in melanoma, just like in the mice. Uh, but the, the, the challenge is about a 20% overall response rate. So one in five respond 
to the drug and four and five don't really they respond a bit but they might stop responding and the tumors come back but still that's a big difference so where previously 100 people died of melanoma remember melanoma is lethal before jim's discovery there was almost nothing to slow it down especially stage four instead of 100 people dying 80 die and that that's those 20 people are living and, and jim spoke about a young woman who was given uh, the ctla4 blocker and she survived had two kids and jim has met the kids and it's fantastic to see that happening for obvious reasons but the question moved on can we get a hundred percent response now that's where they're moving towards next now why would only 20 percent respond well it turns out there's more than one checkpoint and a guy called hanjo in japan discovered another checkpoint called pd1 and that can come down and stop the immune system so maybe in some people uh, ctla4 is down and pd1 if you stop CTLA-4 coming down, PD-1 is still there. It's like they're in, 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 in sequence, if you know what I mean. Imagine two checkpoints on the road. So you might stop the CTLA-4 coming down, but then the immune system moves forward a bit, but PD-1 is there to stop it. So, of course, that suggested a combination. Now, you can block PD-1 on its own, and that will have about a 20% effect. And then the work that Jim described and other, lots of other scientists, you can get up to a 50% response if you block them both. And that's great. And that's just the latest data. They're still in the middle of, of analyzing some of this, it must be said. But now we've got 50 people alive out of 100, which is great, isn't it? So they're moving towards getting more patients to respond if you give the combination. And even more excitingly, from a scientific point of view, you have loads of checkpoints. More and more keep getting discovered. One is called Tidget, for example. Lag3 is another one. Uh, a good friend of mine, Vijay Kushiru, give Vijay a shout out. He's working on really interesting ones in B cells. So there's other checkpoints out there. But the vista now would be, you will get a patient, figure out which checkpoints are down to stop the immune system. And they're the ones to target. And then you might get a really high response. Um, so it's all happening in the right direction, basically. Now, the downside is, of course, side effects. And if you mobilize the immune system, it goes out of control a bit. And some patients get very bad colitis in their gut. They get pancreatitis in their pancreas. And this can, this can, this can be life-threatening, remember. And that's a limiting factor. And the good news is you can suppress the inflammation that's happening there and the damage to some extent. And that can save people who are having these nasty side effects. But we are talking about cancer, a lethal disease. So it's complicated enough clinically. And our medical oncologists and our clinical oncologists and our physicians are doing a great job trying to navigate all of this complexity. It's going to get worse because all these other options will come down the track to, to increase the response rate. The overall goal, by the way, is you're trying to turn a cold tumour into a hot one. Now, hot means the immune system is in there burning away, burning that tumour and getting rid of it, you know. And these checkpoint inhibitors make the tumour hot because they allow the immune system to go in. Some tumours are, are stone cold and they've been more difficult to get hot. Some don't respond to this sort of approach. Uh, there's been trouble with pan the pancreatic cancers and prostate, for instance. But there is some progress there as well, it has to be said. Overall, then, we want all the tumours to be hot in response to these treatments and then the tumor gets destroyed and it's heading in that direction. And the best part of all for me was uh, loads of talks. My own lab is doing some work on this as well. So I, I could give some of our data. We've got an approach to B16 and an OMN mice that we're very excited about and lots of great speakers and not just Jim, but Jim finished his talk with a great thing. He said, now there must have been, I'd say, 2000 people in the audience because it was the big keynote talk in the big, huge auditorium standing room only territory and to watch Jim give his presentation to us all was such a thrill and he said at the end of his talk he said all you young scientists out there I'm, I'm paraphrasing him all you students there'll be loads of PhD students at this conference 
one of my own PhD students, Alessia, came along. He said, all you students out there, he says, there's a lot of work to do here. A lot of work to do. Let's get going. And he said, we can eventually look forward to getting the response rates up to 60, 70, 80, 100%. That's the direction we're headed in. And huge optimism that's going to be achieved. Uh, and then the other thing he was able to point out was it's not just melanoma. Breast cancer, lung cancer, various types of cancers are responding, which is tremendous to hear as well. So in the words of Jim, to rephrase it again and say that again, let's get going. And and it's a fantastic area to get into, let's face it, in immunology now, because there's huge promise, hence all the talks and all the activity. So never before have we been more optimistic in terms of finally dealing with cancer, a malignant force in many of our lives for all of humanity really and the vista now is really there that will crack cancer through the immune system is the overall message. So there you have it, the science of tumours and immuno-oncology and thanks very much for listening as ever and of course my podcast is a news talk production and it's available for download every Thursday. <laughs>